What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Oki Podcast. On today's episode, I have another amazing guest. He is a pro wrestler, and he goes by JT Energy. But my guest for today is Travis Horn. So what's going on, sir? How are you doing? Oh, man, not a lot. It's uh, It's been a long time coming, being able to wait and finally get on the Oki Podcast. So I'm very excited to... Uh, kind of answering questions you got just you know talk about where i'm from where i've been where hopefully i want to go and just kind of give people a little bit of insight into the world of someone who is a professional wrestler and also someone who was born and raised in the state of oklahoma awesome yeah man well thanks for reaching out and you know wanting to come on i thought that was dope and you know i'm psyched that you're here well on zoom but you know you get it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah man i thought it was really cool that you hit me up and you're like bro like i want to come on i was like hell yeah but you know it's been a long time coming like you said just just was booked up and i was like we'll do it we'll do it we'll do it you know so finally we are here <laughs> absolutely like that's the that's kind of the key to success you just got to talk to people and say hey I don't know when we can make some stuff work, but if me and you can ever sit down and we can work some magic and uh, put what you're good at and what I'm good at together and see if things mesh, like that's, that's what you got to do. And just every now and then, if you haven't heard anything, you just check in and say, Hey, what's good. How are you? Things still going good. Make sure that you're still on that person's mind. And you know, that's what I've just kind of done with you, man. I've just made sure to be patient and, uh, bide my time and wait until I had my opportunity to sit down with you and speak, even though it's over zoom. Hey, at least it's another new face and another connection. And hopefully like another friend going forward that to, you know, tonight we're going to see where it goes and it's going to be awesome, man. I'm excited. Oh yeah. I know. I'm always excited to network and make new friends and just chill, just have a good time. So thanks, man. Thank you. But so for the listeners, man, can you tell us, you know, where you're from, what growing up was like, and then, you know, what just led into wrestling? So uh, I am born and raised and am from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, I lived in Tulsa until the age of 10. And my mom, she is originally from Iowa. And at the age of 10, that's when we moved up here. But my dad, he is from Oklahoma. So that's why uh, I got to start my life down there. Um, and some of the stuff that I can at least tell you, like where I'm from, as far as like, you know, if anybody, uh, your listeners know anything about Tulsa, I was uh, right by the big drive-in movie theater, only a couple oh. blocks, only a couple blocks away from there. I went to Mitchell Elementary School right next to it. And I was only like a stone's throw away from the school. So it was a couple blocks I could ride my bike to school or, you know, anything like that. And, uh, I'm just right from that area. And I had an aunt that lived over in broken arrow. So she wasn't too far away. And, you know, over the years I've had a chance to go back and visit a couple times and from going back and visiting, uh, my old neighborhood, I think my mom and dad were trying to look into the future and see what things were going to be like, uh, the longer we stayed there. And, you know, I'm kind of glad that they, they took, took a chance to move us up to Iowa because when I recently came back last year and I got to visit my old neighborhood, man, it, the, where, where I grew up, it turned into like, it looked like a, a decently like rough area. And I know that's what my parents were most worried about um, when I was growing up down there. And I never thought anything of it being in elementary school. Um, you know, I'm just living life and trying to enjoy what being a kid is in uh, the state of Oklahoma, but I've gone back there and at least like my childhood home still looks a lot like my childhood home. So that makes me very happy. Um, But over in that area, like I just go by and, you know, I showed my girlfriend all kinds of different stuff of like, that's where I used to eat. That's where we got groceries. That's where we went to the movies at all that kind of stuff. So it's been really cool to go back and visit there and just see the different parts of Oklahoma and the Tulsa area that have grown and flourished and others that have changed and almost are like completely different now. But I currently reside in a little place called Orion, Illinois, 
Um, it's right next to the Quad Cities. It's spelled like Orion, like the stars, but it's uh, pronounced Orion. So I moved to the Quad Cities um, a couple years back, a handful of years back, um, because I wanted to chase my dream of becoming a professional wrestler. Um, and I am lucky enough that during the time in my life that I wanted to attempt to chase this dream, uh, someone was on the skyrocket of WWE stardom and his name is Seth Rollins. And he is one half of the trainers of the black and brave wrestling Academy. And in my life, when I had the opportunity to ask myself if I wanted to become a professional wrestler and I slowly realized through, uh, you know, social media and Facebook that there was a place called the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy. There was only a couple hours from where I was living in Ames, Iowa, because I went to Iowa State University. And I made that leap of faith to move down here, apartment unseen, signed a lease and said, you know what, I'm going to go. I'm going to try it. The worst thing that can happen in this scenario is that I walk away from this saying, at least I tried. But here we are almost five years later. I think it's, uh, yeah, because I started in like 2016. So we are, we're over five years later now. Um, and I am, I'm a professional wrestler. I've done so many things that I never as a child would have imagined. And I've had the opportunity to learn and continue to learn and also watch other people come into this crazy world that is professional wrestling and just, uh, you know, try to leave it better than when I, you know, when I come in, I'm just trying to make it something that everybody can enjoy. Uh, it is what you see it's on TV, but when you come out and you see it live at a local independent professional wrestling show, that's the bread and butter. That's where you get to see people who are living their dreams, attempting to be on the biggest platform, which is national television. Um, and they're just trying to make sure that when you give us, you know, 10, 20 bucks tops, we're giving you the night that you hoped you could have with your family. Yeah. Dang, that's dope. What did you go to Iowa State for? Were you uh, play, like a, in sports or? No, Just go to college. No, no, yeah, absolutely. So okay. when, when I when I finished high school, uh, neither one of my parents went to college. So I started by going to a local community college for two years. And mm -hmm. I had had an aunt that went to Iowa State University. And one of my best friends from high school, he went to Iowa State University. So I thought, this is the one I, I'm going to go there. I'm going to try it. And initially, I thought to myself that I wanted to go for like art or design, something of that nature, uh, because I felt like my strengths were in art related uh, classes. And when I heard about the Iowa State design program, it seemed like it was incredibly tough, like pulling all nighters, losing sleep, turning into a zombie. And that is not what I wanted to go to college for. I did not want to just kill myself because I already knew I had to get a job at the same time. And the last thing I want to do is be juggling a job and something that's going to make me stay up all night and then mm -hmm. essentially lose my whole social life. But I found that at Iowa state, they also had a fashion program. So I was like, fashion design, that sounds really cool. And I thought, you know, Hey, what the hell I'll try it out. And, you know, four years later, or three and a half years later, whatever it was, like I got a degree in apparel, merchandising, design, and production. So I went through the fashion design program. I got to use my artistic skills. I got to learn different skills um, while I was there. And then while I was at Iowa State, I got to be a part of uh, the one of the best clubs that is on that campus, the Iowa State Hip Hop Club. And I danced my ass off for years and years while I was going to Iowa State and fell in love. I almost turned into, I was going to college to try to dance and enjoy my life. And then I was doing like college on the side. Um, and then, you know, holding down a job, making sure that I make that money. And it was, it was a wild life experience. And a lot of those things that I was going through 
I would say that they really helped me when it came to the time that I chose to pursue a career in professional wrestling. Um, because a lot of that stuff, when I look back at it, I realize that now it's really enabling me to maximize the opportunities that I have um, when I'm, you know, debuting at a new place in professional wrestling or just talking about myself to others um, to try to, you know, help them see the value that I can bring to their professional wrestling shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, that's dope. Like you got a, you're in fashion, right? So, you know, you're always looking fresh, like with your gear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and gear is, it's extremely important. Even if it's the most basic gear, uh-huh. you, I, I always tell people that when you try to think what you're wearing, like it matters from absolute head to toe what you look like, um, whether it's what you're wearing, how you're grooming yourself, um, how tan you are, what you smell like. All those things are part of your character. And everyone is, whether they know it or not, they're their own walking action figure. Mm-hmm. And you have to ask yourself when you, if a kid were to walk by you in the toy aisle, are they going to stop and look at you and go, oh man, what's that? Or are they going to like just look? past you and just go to the next one because you're, you know, you got to have something, you got to have that it factor when it comes to how you dress, how you move, how you style yourself. And, uh, I think going through a design program and having a degree in that it's at least helped me open my eyes to the different little things and different little, uh, like nitpicky stuff that maybe others don't look hard enough into. So when I see somebody that doesn't necessarily have the greatest gear or they're just starting out and they don't know to where to go with their gear, I try to always pick their brain and figure out who they are as a person and kind of give them ideas on where they can take their character or how they should dress or the fit that would best fit their body style. Just because I want to give back to them and make sure that people are thinking about that small stuff because it is really important in the long run. Mm-hmm. yeah and having that degree does that did that allow you to like make your like like put together like well hold on why can i like make your own like clothing because i know you can put it together like you can dress like like you're you're, you're probably you're like you're i'm sure it teach it taught you like color and like how to match things and make it look appropriate like like you have a you like you'll you'll have a better eye than me at fashion like like for sure like but like sewing stuff like any of you have do you have gear that you've made on your own I don't have anything that I've made on my own uh mm-hmm. during during that time period uh when I was going to college that was like the number one thing that I knew I was learning in my mind is I was trying to put a b and c together to learn how to sew and make clothes Um, and you know, the different stitches, the different materials, the different pleats, all that different stuff that is, uh, really kind of, you, you have to learn what fabrics do and what's best for something and how to wear something and how to cut something. And I did that during my time while I was at Iowa state, uh, earning my degree. And from the time period that I graduated to the time period that I realized that I did want to chase my dream of being a professional wrestler. The one thing I didn't do is I didn't stay in front of the sewing machine. Um, And because I didn't stay in front of the sewing machine, some of those basic skills, they disappeared over time. Um, And so now when I go to my gear designer guys, I'm more of a concept artist at this point where I have ideas, I have colors, I have fits that are in my mind and I'm trying to do my best to express it to my gear design. Uh, my gear guys and gals that are out there and I've been able to work with some amazing people who have put some stuff together that you've seen people wear on AEW television at this point. And it's, it's really cool that some of the people that are out there that have a passion for sewing and fashion, they've allowed it to uh, open up the realm of possibilities so that they are, Uh, being associated with these big organizations. I think it's uh, amazing when I see people that make something and then all of a sudden the stuff that they make, they get to see on WWE TV or AEW. And to me, that's just as cool uh, because 
they're not the people that are out there sacrificing their bodies, but the thing that they made and got put onto a superstar and then maybe it gets worn on TV or on pay-per-view. And then if you're lucky enough, it even gets made into an action figure. And if someone has an action figure of the gear that they made, man, like that would be on my mantle at home because I'd be like, I made that. And now it's a toy that is sold all over the world. Yeah, that's wow. Yeah, I never thought of it like that. Well, like with fashion and everything, I know it goes into wrestling because, well, you know, when you're younger, you don't really think about that. Like you're just worried, like not worried, but you're more interested in like the factions and the storylines and then like just just who's hot, who's hot. But like older now, like I remember I watched um, there's some video on YouTube, but I think it was on the WWE Network where Batista had like a boot malfunction. Yeah. Oh, it's for the Royal Rumble. That's what it was for. And he was like up in like five spots next and his boot like was ripped up or something. So he had to find one of the designers and then they had to like, like scrounge around and find the needle and thread and do their absolute best to put that together before he had to go out. And so like, it's so chaotic, but the what you bring up about like, Hey, like I designed this. And it's on Batista and like, it's a toy now. Like, you know, I never would have thought of that. Like, that's so fucking cool though. To have something like that. Yeah. I remember watching that and uh, he had the zipper on the front of his boot. It like, Mm -hmm. it opened up so he couldn't zip it anymore. And so he had one boot that looked good. And the other one was like trash all of a sudden. And I, I can only imagine uh, being in that type of moment and someone being like, oh, okay, we got minutes and we have to fix this because he's going out. He's about to make this huge moment happen. And Batista's always fresh. He's got a Mm -hmm. strong, he's got a strong shoe game. He's very smart with what he wears, how he wears it, the colors that he has. Um, So even someone who wears uh, as little as he does, he still makes sure that everything matters and accounts. And the times that I've been able to do extra work for WWE, you kind of walk through the little area where they have their stuff set up and they're just like the performers. They show up there, they have a specific call time, they get all their stuff laid out. Um, A lot of those WWE superstars, they don't necessarily travel with those huge jackets or those big robes. And so when that stuff shows up to TV, you know, you got to get it all all pressed out and make sure it looks good. That way, when the performer comes and grabs that from wardrobe, you're getting all the stuff ready for TV that night. And then in your downtime, you're making gear for people because obviously you got the big events coming up like WrestleMania and SummerSlam. And, you know, everybody's got a concept in their mind that they're trying to get made and fresh. And like my wrestling dad, Seth Rollins, this whole last year. I mean, he's become the drip god on TV. He's got fresh suits left and right. I've been waiting for some new action figure to come out where he's just wearing a suit because he's got some of the he's got some of the best gear all the time. And then you can tell a lot of guys on the WWE roster, the ones that put so much effort into it, like the New Day, they always have something amazing and fresh and new. That if if I were to get to that level. Uh, that's that's what I want to do. That's how I want to be perceived. You always want to be fresh. You want to be new. You want to have someone always meticulously like looking at your gear, wondering what idea or what inspiration you pulled that from. Like Johnny Gargano, he's a great uh, guy in NXT who did the same thing for so many times. And with him being such a big superhero guy, he always had that superhero inspiration. But there's some guys on the indies that even kill it and always have really good fresh gear. Uh, Trey Miguel, who wrestles for Impact, he had some really dope Spider-Man gear not too long ago that he uh, he wore. I think it was at Bound for Bound for Glory, and you know his his fit was real fresh that night. Uh, but even locally, right here in the Midwest, if I was going to put over somebody who's got some dope gear, there is a guy by the name of Jeremy Wyatt. He is the monarch and he is based out of St. Louis and the gentleman that is making my gear has been making his gear for a while. And he goes by the name of Chris Estelle. Uh, He has been slowly being utilized by AEW and he makes some absolutely beautiful gear. Uh, He goes by the name danger snake. 
on uh, social media, D-A-I-N-G-E-R, Danger Snake. And he makes some beautiful stuff. Um, and when you can make friends in wrestling that are good at what they do, whether it be making posters, making highlight videos, making your gear, those are the people that you got to keep the connections with because they can make uh, someone look completely normal, turn into a superstar overnight just with a great gear concept. So, you know, big shout out to him and all the gear designers that are out there because they don't get the credit they deserve, just like so many other behind the scenes people that put on all the great stuff that is professional wrestling. It's really the behind the scenes that makes it what we see and, and create those moments in our mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's always behind the scenes, like everybody that works behind there. And I mean, it's from the designers, the caterers, the production. I mean, it's it's people setting up the rings and the Titantron, and it's a lot, man. It's a lot that goes into this stuff, you know. And yeah, just to have like your talent to shine with their gear and the amount of work they put in too, like it's it's a big moving. Ah, what's the word people always say? It's just like a big. Well, I, I guess unit, but there's another word I was trying to think of, but I forgot. But that's dope, dude. That's hella dope, though. Um, how long were you with uh, Seth Rollins at his uh, school? Uh, so when I went into training, whenever you sign up to Black and Brave, you have an introductory 12-week program that you go through to graduate from school, to graduate from the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy. Um, and that's kind of like the minimum that you'll see anywhere. Other schools, they'll have a time period of where they'll kind of graduate you when they designate that. Uh, but what Black and Brave does is they will get you going. And through those first 12 weeks, not only will they teach you the art of professional wrestling, but they will also attempt to uh, what what Colby always says is he he teaches you how to paint. And then essentially, like when you graduate, think of them like giving you an art set and they go, OK, we gave you all the tools mm -hmm. to how to paint a picture. Now it's up to you to go out into the world of professional wrestling and make your own art. So he is uh, he and Merrick Brave, they are great teachers and they're also great allies that are always on your side. So even after you graduate from Black and Brave, uh, they're always an open ear when it comes to ideas or questions. Um, and that's nice to kind of assess yourself every now and then with the matches that you're having or the ideas that you think are working or how they could have been done better. Um, so that way we're always learning here on the independent scene. And there's so many, so many people that have come out of black and brave over, you know, the last, I think it's like seven years at this point that they've pumped out uh, a ton of classes. I it's either like 15 or 20 graduating classes at this point. Um, and it, and it always starts with like anywhere from 12 to 15 people that show up from all over the world, chasing their dream. And the wild thing is like, usually the first day they do the same thing that the WWE uh, performance center does. They put you through a conditioning test. They want to see what kind of shape that you're in uh, because it's called the world of professional wrestling. They want to see if you took it seriously enough to show up on day one and be in really good shape or the best shape of your life to make sure that you will not quit no matter what, because that's truly what makes a professional wrestler is the grit and determination that they're willing to put into a craft that's going to put a lot of strain on your body. Um, and there's a lot of people within the Midwest that have succeeded, um, but there's international students that have come from all over the world. I've met people from Australia, from Paris, from Germany, from Canada, uh, all these people have come from all over the world. There's, uh, I think there's a student currently from Poland that is in the brand new class that they are teaching right now. And it's just wild to me that people are going on the internet. I assume that's where they're learning about this stuff, just like I did, but they're halfway across the world saying, you know what, I'm going to go to America and I'm going to learn to become a professional wrestler in Iowa from Seth Rollins. And then they show up here and they're like, 
okay, I guess here we go. Because if you're flying across the world, there's really no turning back. And if you do turn back, that's insane. But it's so cool to see the the things that have come from Black and Brave. I mean, on WWE uh, UK right now, the gentleman that goes by the name of Nathan Frazier, he is getting ready to square off uh, very soon against uh, Walter. And I'm sure that's something that he has just been dying for. And he is a Black and Brave graduate. He, during the pandemic, in the year of 2020, when you thought almost nothing can happen when it came to professional wrestling, he hit his hot streak and he was on impact. He was on AEW. And then before you knew it, WWE offered him a contract, letting them know what they wanted. And all of a sudden he's back living in the UK with his uh, near his family. And he's part of the WWE UK brand. And months before he was signed to WWE, he was performing right here in the Quad Cities, having some of the matches of his life with local superstars. And no one would have thought they were going to see this guy on WWE TV two months later. But here we are. Dang. That's awesome, man. I always love to hear stories about that. And what was I going to say? Like, so what's, when, when did you go there? When did you go to that school? So I graduated in April of 2016. So I, yeah. So April of 2016 is when I graduated, which uh, I think that, uh, what was it? I started at like the very start of January, 2016. And then that handful of months later I graduated. And then at the end of april 2016 i had my very first match it was a five it was a five man over the top rope battle royal at the local uh scw pro homestay the walcott coliseum in walcott iowa it's just kind of a cool little venue we can get probably about 300 350 people in there if we really pack the place and it was one of those things that you know i'll never forget i got some really basic really basic gear, but it was me. It was the first incarnation of JT energy. And I had uh, a couple friends from college there that got to see me live out my dream on its very first night. And I, you know, I, after I walked out that first night, I, I knew I'm like, all right, here we go. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have the time of my life. I'm going to do it as long as I can because this is what I was born to do. I knew since I was a little kid that I wanted to be a professional wrestler. And through my time on this earth, things have fallen into place that allowed me to chase that dream. And it would be the utmost disrespect to all the people that I have looked in the face and said, I'm going to be a professional wrestler someday if I quit now. So I'm going to keep going and I am going to keep being the only JT energy that I can be. Do you have a truck? Do you need accessories? Then look no further than Vance Truck Accessories. Vance Truck Accessories is owned by the man himself, Chris Vance. Chris has built his business from the ground up and is based in Oklahoma City. Chris makes it a point to push and install American-made products and will work hard to accommodate everyone. Vance Truck Accessories takes pride in supporting local veteran groups, local school groups, and other local businesses. Check out the Vance Truck Accessories Facebook page and check out the website www.vancetrucks.com for more info and to book your next appointment. And did I mention they do window tint on the weekends? Well, they do. So get on down to Vance Truck Accessories and let them know Russ from Okie Podcast sent you. When, so when you were a kid, like, how did you know? Like, who were you watching? Like, what gave you that spark of like, I'm going to do this? So, uh my when a lot of times in, in previous podcasts that i've done one of the questions they'll ask is hey when's the first time that you remember watching professional wrestling or what are like those first memories and uh what we used to do is we used to go to the video store on the weekends and i would rent a video game and i would rent a movie um so i would be trying to figure out what i wanted to play on my regular nintendo first incarnation um, and I would try to rent a video game. And then in this little place that was, you know, a handful of blocks from my house, it was called A to Z video. And we would go there 
and they had a little sports section that was next to the Nintendo games. And in that sports section, they started to carry Coliseum home video and those old VHS tapes that WWF put out had some of the most vibrant colors from the first WrestleManias, uh, SummerSlams, Royal Rumbles, Survivor Series. And I can remember staring at those things being like, what is this? And renting some of those VHS tapes for the first time, like WrestleMania 6 or like the 1992-91 Royal Rumble. Those covers on those VHS tapes just sucked me in because you got to see people like Macho Man Randy Savage, The Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, uh, Sid Justice, The Undertaker. These people were larger than life. And when I watched those VHS tapes, it was, I had no idea what I was seeing, but I knew that I was just enamored with it. I, I learned that there was a good guy and that there was a bad guy. And the bad guy, you always wanted to watch him get his butt kicked. And someone like Hulk Hogan made you believe that. And when he would, you know, start to hulk up and point at someone and you just realized, oh my God, like, and you would see these stadiums of people tens of thousands just losing their minds like I never thought because when you go to school you have options for sports that are so simple like football basketball baseball maybe you get someone who is uh they have soccer I don't know those things that but you don't ever go to school and they go hey what do you want to be and you turn and you go oh I want to be a professional wrestler that's like being in elementary school saying that you want to be a movie star. People look at these professions as these gigantic dreams. Like that's no, let, we got to, we got to chill out. We can't just start there. So every time I would ask someone or I would tell someone like, Oh, I want to be a professional wrestler. It would almost like they looked at me in almost like disappointment. Like I was chasing something that was unrealistic. And the idea that, I would be so young and if I'm absolutely in love with it, head over heels, why not just give me the full support of like, I don't know what you or how you're going to get there, but if that's what you want to do, cool, let's do it. And my parents always supported my love of professional wrestling, but it's not like, you know, they were putting me in different things because they didn't know anything about professional wrestling they just knew that their son was in love with it and over the years it never died it was always in the back of my head like I don't know how to become a professional wrestler but I wish I would have been a professional wrestler but I was just following you know the standard uh, life of going to high school trying to get in college trying to get a degree trying to get a better job you know focusing on what life is perceived as the cookie cutter stuff and as the internet took off as social media took off and podcasts took off i can remember listening to jim ross's podcast and him interviewing people like lance storm uh who had a wrestling school and in my head i'm like oh my god there it is there's a wrestling school it's in canada but at least i know about it and if he's got a website i bet i can learn something about it and then I started to learn about other stuff that was in the Midwest. And before you know it, I hear about the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy. And I realized how close it was to me. And in my head, I'm like, it's, it's right in front of me. I don't know why it's here. I don't know why it is right now. But I'm at the perfect age, the perfect time where I am an adult. I can make mature decisions. And if I think this is what's right for my life at this time, why not? And that's kind of how it just fell into place. It's just, and that's why whenever I talk about my career, I, it's, I'm not going to use words like fate or destiny or anything like that. But when I try to tell people like how everything fell into place piece by piece by piece, you kind of step back and go, wow, everything really kind of had to fall into place for all these things to happen at the right time, didn't it? And I think that's where a lot of people, when they, maybe they feel stuck in life or they don't know um, how to take that next chance or how to take that next leap or figure out what they want to do. If you just stop 
and you think about what you're doing, where you're doing it, how you're doing it, the people that are around you that definitely want to support you or help you get to what you want to achieve. It is, it's absolutely achievable. I mean, I am here on this podcast tonight because I was in Oklahoma. I remember seeing someone uh, tagged or something was tagged with your podcast. And I thought to myself, that is a gentleman who has a job and he loves podcasting. And I am just trying to get myself out into the world. And all I did was shoot a DM. I, there's nothing to lose. I mean, worst case scenario, you're booked up or it doesn't fit the flavor of the podcast. But so many people nowadays, this is, this is what we have right in front of us. We have two people that can be across the world and you can sit and you can talk to each other. You can talk about anything and that's how relationships are formed. And, you know, some people, they might just pass it to the wayside and I'll be like, Hey, you know, I'm never going to see this guy again. But every time I do a podcast, I'm always like, man, I cannot wait until I get to meet that person. Uh, because I want to put an actual face in front of me and shake hands and hug and just say, man, thank you for that opportunity. Um, and that's what we're doing here tonight. Having a, having a good time on a podcast, just talking about life because life can take you really cool places and mine's taking me right here tonight. Yeah. And that's, that's where we live at now, man. Like you got to look at how social media has, well, not just social media, but the internet has made, and like opportunities like right in front of you, like like you, like looking up a school or like hearing about a school in Canada. So you kind of have an idea of like there's schools out there or shooting a DM, you know, and that's what I do, too. Like I just shoot my shot with people and and, you know, luckily, like I have people reaching out to me, too. So it's like it is, man. It's all about just like you said, letting things fall into place. Like my bro, Daniel Warrior, you know, when I was first starting this, man, it was just like. Like, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I, I don't know. Like, I was just kind of like, let's just see where it goes. And then he put it into like, you know, you're in this river and you just got to go with it, you know, like, and because the river will always know where it's going, you know, and everything will just kind of fall into place to where, where it, wherever it is, is leading you like, you know, and it, it's true, man, this whole year has just been doing this and then getting into videography and photography work and then working with a whole bunch of people on different projects. And, and I didn't like, and it's just fell in like fell into place, you know, and it's just reaching out and taking a shot, you know, because the worst that can happen is no, like, no, we don't, we don't want to work with you. That's fine. You know, I'll, I'll reach out to somebody else. So, and it, it's so true, man. Like if people would just kind of take a shot and just believe in what they want to do, you know, and it's rough. It's rough. Like it's rough to fully invest in yourself and what you want to do. It's rough. Yeah. But the reward is, it, it's so rewarding when you give it time because nothing's overnight, you know, nothing happens overnight. Like you just have to be consistent and work on it. Like give it, give it your all because we all have 24 hours in a day, you know, and it, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm tired all the time, but shoot, you know, like it's so rewarding to sit here, man, and talk to you and get to know you. And hopefully, you know, you're down here sometime and we could kick it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the that's the beauty that's in front of all of us. And everybody, like you said, we're all given the same amount of time. You get 24 hours in the day and, you know, be smart and push and know when to push yourself to go harder. I mean, you don't got to be wild you don't got to be crazy mm -hmm. and don't you know run yourself dry and so you're on fumes but you know know when it's the right time and the right opportunity to invest in something and take a chance on yourself go into an opportunity knowing that hey i'm gonna lose a little bit of money here but mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm setting myself up ahead of time that i'm gonna give this opportunity this amount of my time this amount of my money and if it doesn't pan out, at least I'm going to learn from it. And as long as you learn from those opportunities that you're investing in, then you're only making yourself better for the next opportunity that falls into line. Because even if someone looks at you and it's not the right fit at the right time, that does not mean that someone else was watching that opportunity and they say, no, that guy is the right fit for me right now. 
And there's so many times that when it comes to the organizations that I wrestled for, I have just either met someone or shot a message. And, you know, even uh, you'd be so surprised so many times when you reach out for something and some you're respectfully asking uh, for an opportunity or to help out. So many people can use that extra hand and a hard worker. And you may start at the bottom of the barrel and you may not be right where you want to be when you start out. But just like uh, that movie with uh, Will Smith, The Pursuit of Happiness, Mm -hmm. I mean, that that is life. That is real. You start at the bottom. You run across something that is not what you thought it would be. But as long as you keep hustling, everyone will see that. You will run into times that suck. You will run into times that you doubt yourself. You will run into times that you want to quit. And those times, you just got to... You don't have to overthink on that opportunity or what's in front of you. Just give it time, sleep on it, revisit it the next day. Talk to one of your best friends, talk to a mentor, talk to those people about what you're thinking and why you're thinking it. So someone else can give you their aspect or outlook on it and figure out how to refocus you or make sure that you're on that right path and that your heart is still in it. So that way you're not overindulging into something that's sucking you dry. Yeah. Yeah, man. I love these talks, man. I love these talks about because, you know, people see the finished product of what we do, you know, and they don't see like the hours we put in, you know, the behind the scenes of everything we do in order for this stuff to be successful for ourselves to be successful. You know, they just kind of see like, like your Instagram, like you in the ring and coming out to your song or doing a doing a move in the ring or, or winning a championship, you, you know, that's what they see, but you know, they don't see like you, you went to school, you know, and you took your falls and you've networked and it's been five years, you know, like, I guess a, that's a long time, you know, and it makes you happy, you know, and you knew that you wanted to do this for a long time, yeah, you know, and, and that's, and it's, t- it's taken you everywhere. Yeah. It's, and that's, that's the hardest thing to commit to when you're starting things out is always just the consistency of making sure that you're putting in the effort for X amount of time. Um, and always being realistic with yourself because you should do that. You should look at things that you want to pursue as a dream or as a hobby, the same way that you look at, uh, like a job. You, I mean, the fact that some people go into like a job and after like the two week probation period or whatever it is, they're like, ah, like this isn't for me. They don't want to put that little bit of extra time and effort into it to sink their teeth in a little bit more um, to see if it really does maybe fit them. And I mean, even talking about uh, like jobs during the time period that I've been a professional wrestler, I've bounced around to a handful of jobs. And even this uh, past year at the start of 2021, I changed jobs and it wasn't even under like my own validity. I ran across something and I had a separation that I had to deal with. And because of the way that I have networked through my life, my, I had two weeks to uh, where I was unemployed in 2021. And I couldn't even stay unemployed because I had people reaching out to me that said, I want you to work for me right away. And I was like, well, you know, if, if this is the right fit, I went in there, I told them, I said, I would like to work this schedule because I have this going on and I have the professional wrestling gig on the weekends and I got to get to the gym. And I'm also going to respect my personal time that I have with my girlfriend. Can you meet those accommodations? And a year later, I'm absolutely still at that job. They have full faith in me and they support my dream of professional wrestling. So when you're going into a job, um, whether it be, as a podcaster, as a videographer, as a rapper, as a fashion designer, whatever it is, whatever your love is, yes, you have to make your money, but tell the people that you work with what you do, what your passion is, because if you get that outlet that is your passion that truly lights your heart on fire and those people support you, 
they will make sure that you get to do that because when you come into work and you are also getting to live your dreams and your passions, you are going to infinitely be a better worker at your job because you are going to be so excited that the team that you work with supports you and your dreams. And, you know, they're putting food on the table for you while they also respect what you do and having that personal that balance between personal and professional, I think is extremely important that people need to start to see value in themselves and not be afraid to ask for things up front. Because as you get older and you go through more jobs, you build up credibility, you have skills. And when you tell those people that you have those skills, especially nowadays, when everyone says, hey, we need workers, we got to go here, we got to go there, show up to places, tell them what you have to offer. You would be so surprised how many people are willing to work and find that worker that's really going to open their business back up to the level that they want. And I wish more people would bet on themselves during these times. I know it's kind of ugly out there, but you know, what better time to hit a refresh button on your life than during these times of opportunity where a lot of people are just looking for that person that's going to help them out. Yeah. Yeah. But man, it's, it's hard to bet on yourself because you know, you, I don't know. With me, it was always like, oh, man, I'm going to I'm going to fail. I'm going to sound stupid. I'm going to I'm just going to be made fun of. You know, I can't I'm not smart enough. You know, I'm not I'm not good enough to have these conversations with people like nobody's going to listen. That that was my thought process. But yeah, I just finally said, fuck it. Like, who cares? You know, like this is what I want to do. Like, if, yeah. if if somebody doesn't like it, then there's billions of other people that will probably like it. You know, and and then you'll get better with time, you know, like you always have to remember I had to learn this, you know, like I will get better at with time as time goes on with this podcast. I will get better at telling stories or speaking my mind or just having these new experiences that, you know, I've had this year and and new conversations with people that are bet that bet on that bet on themselves, you know, and it opens your eyes to like it's doable, man. It's, it's possible. You know, you do have to bet on yourself. You have to believe in yourself and you just kind of have to forget, like, I mean, yeah, criticism is good, but not all criticism is good. Some criticism is just there to kind of bring you down, but you know, you got to listen to the people that you believe will steer you in the right direction. Yeah. And that's always, that's always a thing. Like, you know, have people around you that want to see you success have success with whatever you're doing not just people that you know you're kind of growing out of and they're just kind of shitting on you to keep you down and there the area you were you know yeah. and another big thing is mental health you know like find a job you know if you have to work you know to so, to help support what you want to do you know find a job where like you said like that meet your accommodations you know and, and it's the mental health is good because some people man they work forever and they're just drained mentally yeah. and physically and you know it's not a good way to live yeah and like it's taken me so i just had my birthday a handful of days ago i just turned 37 and it took me 36 years on this earth to finally man up and get out of the vision of toxic masculinity and the idea that hey, you just got to toughen up and you got to hold everything inside. And, you know, you can work through anything that you put your mind to, because in the time periods that we've gone through, everyone should realize that it is absolutely okay to go and talk to someone. I do it on a regular basis now. And it's one of those things that keeps me grounded. It keeps my relationships at home in the right direction. It keeps me uh, revisiting how I perceive things uh, mentally, how I react to them emotionally. So when it comes to the idea that, you know, hey, if you talk to someone or if you let emotions out, that makes you look weak. That is the most ridiculous thing. And I lived with that mentality for so many years. And that probably hurt a lot of relationships and a lot of opportunities that were right in front of me. But because I wanted to be so stubborn and live my life a certain way because of the way that I was brought up, it's there's there's so many things in front of us in front of this world, whether it's in person talking to someone, 
through your cell phone, through a chat, through a Zoom meeting. There's so many different outlets that you can find your comfort and your time to address those things with whatever amount of anxiety that you might be going through on how to tackle what you have in front of you. And with all of us, whether we have uh, a change of job, whether we have a something pop up in our lives that we're not ready for, um, even people that have to go through uh, grief every single year, we are blessed with the people that are around us all the time. But unfortunately, those people are not always there. And whether it's someone that you see on TV, a family member, a past um, friend, any of that stuff, like you can never be ready for those things. And it will affect your life going forward. Every single day, every time you wake up, you are constantly going to be flooded with those memories that are in your mind. And it's okay to figure out what's best for you and the people that surround you to move forward and find that best version of you because you should always be always be working on that so that way when you have your family or you're revisiting yourself and making sure that uh, you are showing your parents that you have growth and are taking your life seriously and trying to learn from the things that they had to put themselves through to give you the opportunities that maybe you've been afforded that we are uh, taking those blessings that are in front of us yeah well same here man it took me 30 years to get out of that mentality too as i grew up like that like oh don't cry you know don't don't show emotion don't do all this and you know and being sad and holding it in and never talking about it or anything it's just like it's torture <laughs> like yeah like it, it's it's legit torture and it took you know 30 years for me to actually start expressing how i feel about whatever it is is going on in my head i mean it was like a grenade went off <laughs> and it was you know and, and it, that's how it goes i guess you know like it takes a long time to let go of just 29 years of living like that you know and it's but it, it takes time you know it takes time to start letting go of toxic masculinity and figuring out who you really are and growing you know we're all growing still you know and it's never too late to learn something or you know let go of this uh toxic masculinity or i mean it's just you know we're forever growing i think absolutely i mean our, our brain uh, i was i i think it's funny now that i'm a little older that when someone i hear like in their 20s or maybe even like their teens they're talking about stuff and I always think like your brain's not even done fully formed to grow until you're like 25 or 26. And uh, just seeing people, what's going through their heads and where they see their life going. And if I'm like 10 to 15 years older than that person and they see me like looking at them and they're like, why are you smiling? And I'm like, I just, I'm, I'm trying to think exactly where I was 10 or 15 years ago and put myself in your shoes. And I think it's really cool that you're talking about the things that you are, but in like 10 or 15 years, that amount of time is going to blow you away with what happens with your life. And if we all just get a little bit better at realizing the stuff that's in front of us, that's weighing on our shoulders that we think is so important is so small and stupid. And it's always getting to us no matter what, but then you like look back or you hear someone who's having a tough time or something's really on them. I always tell people, especially about like high school, because everyone perceives high school as this thing that like defines you. And I go, the be man, when you get out of high school, like not the first year, but then like a little bit into the second year and you see these people start to branch out and they get jobs and some of them go to college and some move to a different state and some of them start families and they have babies. And other, you know, other people, they stay right there. They stay right in the hometown. And that's, that's what they do. And when people realize like those, you know, 60 people or 600 people that you went to high school with, everybody just disbands and it's, it's over. And then you have to like relearn because yes, you had your friends, but your friends now don't work at your job or go to your school. And five years later, when you show up to your first class reunion, if you decide to go, all of a sudden you're like, 
oh my God, everybody's doing that. And this person's got this job, but that person's already got two kids and I'm not even married. And you realize how many different people's lives went in so many different ways so fast that you were worried about what kind of jeans you were wearing in high school or someone was making fun of your haircut or your acne or whatever. And then, you know, you move away and you meet a whole different plethora of people that are there to impact your life. And you go, oh, none of that stuff mattered. I don't have to worry about being judged. The only reason you were being judged is because you showed up to the same place every day and they thought they lived only within those four walls. And then when you get out into the world, you realize no one's there to judge you. You get to make your story. You get to be perceived the way that you want. You get to live your life on your terms. And if people are bringing that toxic anything into your life, you can change that. You can hit the reset button. You can go to someone and talk about that. And so all that stuff that lives within your brain rent-free that you don't want to be there, change it. Are you? I guarantee if you need to go somewhere or you need to do something, just Google it. Give it a Google. How do, you, how do I move? What do I have to save up? Where do I want to live? What, what are average rent costs in a different state? I guarantee if you got a decent job, you could probably transfer to another state if they have that same place. Just ask. All you have to do is ask and put those things into motion. And it'll be scary. But the worst thing that's, you know, worst thing that happens is you stop and you go, well, I at least tried. I I left my home state or my hometown for two years. And then if I want to come back, you'll come back a totally different person. And all those people that were living, uh, causing you drama two years previous they're going to be there and they're going to be mad that you're coming back and they're going to be, you know, pissed off that you probably look better and feel better and have a whole different attitude. And now you're just, you know, walking by them, big ass smile on your face being like, I'm back, but I'm a new me and you're not going to ruin my life the way that you did previously. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah. Because people, I don't know. I have figured I hated high school, you know, I just enjoyed the sports part of it, but God, I hated it so much. It was just so much clicks going on and it was all kind of dumb stuff. And, and I figured like, Oh, I'm not good enough to do anything. So I'll probably just live here forever in Pawnee. And I don't know, man, just my aunt told me about the school in New Mexico. And I was like, I, you know, I was doubting myself before I even, put in the application i was like i'm not good enough i didn't make good grades you know and and i'm not gonna impress anybody with anything i do but shit man i took a chance filled it out done did my act and i went on the way and and when you move away and you start meeting different people from everywhere and you find like people that are compatible with you like the same stuff as you uh music clothing movies i mean it's just like a huge door just opened up and to this other world and it was cool to like communicate with those people and become their friends and so i get it man like you know high school doesn't define you and and i you know and i'm glad i wasn't like popular popular in high school because i'd probably still be like you know like the people are like man I, i miss high school like they're still talking about high school you know like man i miss high school and you know, I miss the, I miss the people we grew up with. And it's like, like, I don't, you know, I, I still keep in contact with some people, but I don't think about it like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would, when I think back at it, like I can only imagine what it was like to go through some of those experiences. Um, but if I was extremely smart or extremely athletic or extremely talented in high school, you're almost like at a young age, where you probably don't want to let other people down, but now all these people around you have started to hold you in such a high regard to the point where you probably have people that are like sending negative energy to you because they, they have a sense of jealousy because you've gotten to a place quicker than where they thought maybe they wanted to. And now they're living at that high standard and they have to keep it. They have to attain it. And I can remember seeing some people where like, they would be in that high aspect where I'd be like, whoa, they're so good at sports or I can't believe how good they are at school. And then when it gets a little older and they start to like realize like, hey, I, I don't care as much about school because I'd rather start having some fun. 
And you see some people, they're like, nope, I want to go and I want to start partying. Or they go to college and they're just like, they lose control because now they're in their own world where they're not held by their parents or they're, you know, the rest of the school, they're holding them to the standard. And they like, it's almost like a scary slope to be on because you start being held to such a high standard at such a young age that regardless of where you fall on the totem pole, the higher you are, the more that everyone thinks, okay, when are you going to fall? When's it going to happen? And it's sad that that's kind of like the times that we live in instead of just wanting to build all of us up. But it's, it's all, it's never the beautiful picture of let's all get through this together. It's always the pitted me versus you, you have this, I have that. And then as you get older and you, hopefully mature out a little bit, then you kind of start to step back and be like, none of that mattered. Let's all just get through this, man. We're having a good time here. Uh, we're here for a good time, not a long time. So you got to make the most of it and really just enjoy uh, the opportunities that we all get together. Uh, just like I've been afforded here tonight with you, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's been a good time, man. Um do you want to talk about your brief stint with I know you're on WWE. I know that. And I know you got to wrestle with uh Eric Rowan. Yeah. 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 So uh if you um cheap plug for my YouTube channel, if you search JT Energy on YouTube, uh hopefully it will take you to my YouTube channel as long as the algorithm does what it's supposed to. Um I go by many aliases. I go by DJ Click and Play. That's D-J-C-L-I-C-K, the letter N-P-L-A-Y. DJ Click and Play, because I DJed before I was a professional wrestler, but that's a whole different story. That's all my social media handles. Um, I was on WWE TV. I got to live out the moment I had dreamed my entire life. It was short, but it was sweet. Not just because there was candy canes involved, but because I got to be on TV um, on the Christmas episode. And I recently got to have a, a rematch with Eric Rowan, which is another you know uh, thing that I think is just kind of like amazing because if that man had not been released by WWE, he would never have been able to come back to the independent circuit and give myself and the fans at Central Empire Wrestling the rematch that we never thought we'd get to see. So please head to my social media. Please check out those links. Um, I try to put content up all the time on YouTube. I just got to be on Raw last month to end 2021 the way I wanted to at the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy as Liv Morgan stuck in there and tried to attack Becky Lynch. Uh, but Becky Lynch, she was smart enough and she she grabbed that kendo stick from her and she started to light Liv up um, before their big match at day one. Um, but yeah, I've had a couple different stints on WWE TV just as an extra, nothing too crazy, not like an ongoing character, but that's just me keeping my dreams alive, being in the right place, the right time, making sure I'm always ready, just like Zack Ryder is. That's his tagline, not mine. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my life. Check my YouTube out, JT Energy. I got some fun stuff up there. I always try to put content up so you can follow my career or just learn about who I am as a person because I put new stuff up. I put old stuff up. You create a lot of content when you get to be in your thirties. And as long as you've saved all of it, you can throw it all back up there for everybody to enjoy. But yeah, um, if, if I were to plug anything, just check out the social medias, especially the Instagram. It's always my favorite thing to throw up new pictures and put little cute captions on there and check things out. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. You'll have to come back on. Um, whether it be over Zoom or if you're here, come over, whatever. Like come back on. We'll we'll do this again, man. I had a lot of fun. Absolutely. I always try to I always I have a story on my uh Instagram page, the little stories at the top. And I always bookmark all my podcasts there because I always want to look back and see what podcasts I was on. And after X amount of time, I always reach out to them again. I go, hey man been a while we haven't talked how do you how do you think we should uh hit up another meeting and whether it's you know six months from now whether it's a year from now whatever it might be uh i would love to come back on the Oki podcast i would love to meet you in person i would love to get some feedback from all your fans 
um, once they check some stuff out or see some different things. And hopefully, if you know of a local independent professional wrestling promotion, whether it's in the state of Oklahoma or somewhere down there, send them uh, my information. You don't have to do my job for me. Just maybe tag tag uh send me a dm on instagram send me a dm on facebook whatever it might be tell me where you want to see me because i got no problem sending a message to somebody else in another state saying hey i would love to come work for you i got family down south i'd love to see them and also get a weekend of professional wrestling in so yes yes amazing amazing so everybody go follow him keep up with him uh organizations here hit him up if you want him to work for you this man is always willing to work and go check him out. Go check out the YouTube and check out his matches, man. And thank you so much for coming on, man. Thank you so much. And hey. for sure, we'll have to do this again. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for having a dope podcast. And thank you for being a Oki, just like me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's how we do. <laughs> well, if you're not uh, subscribed to Oki Podcast, please do that. It's available everywhere. Apple, Spotify. I would say Google it or my name and it should pop up. Check out the website, www.okipodcast.com. Check out the YouTube channel, Oki Podcast. Instagram is Oki Podcast, one word. And my personal is RustaMus49. My personal on Facebook is Russell Sun Eagle, And Facebook is Oki Podcast, the Facebook page. So thanks everybody for listening and until next time, peace.